Talking about the Bulls and the Bears, sponsored by Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. I am Aaron Warby, and today I am joined by my wife, Tarina Warby. Hello, how are y'all doing out there? All right. Well, we wanted to do this this show um, today because this, the CPI, which is the Consumer Price, Price Index, Index, or the yeah. inflation rate, mm-hmm. came out this morning. And that always means that there's a, some sort of reaction in the market, except that there really isn't, at least today. There, I mean, there was. There were some things that were down, like I think the Dow Jones was down and, and the um, New York yeah. Stock Exchange was down. Uh, well, yeah. So what we saw, uh, now remember last year when we were talking on the radio show, and this is the podcast, but mm-hmm. on the radio show at least, we were talking about, um, about uh, every time we had bad news come out, then we yeah. would have what's called a bull trap. Right. Right. Where um, where some market manipulators would push the market up. And you can do that Mm -hmm. if you've got enough money simply by pushing up a couple of stocks like Apple or something like that. Right. Push it up. Um, So even in the face of bad news, it looks like it might be good news. Now, ultimately, what they're doing is pushing pushing it up, getting people to buy in. They they sell everything off at a higher price and let the thing drop to where it's going to drop. Yeah, so they're basically taking like the novice investor's mm-hmm. money. They're just like, hey, you don't understand the CPI. You don't understand what it means. Right. Um, we're going to make you think it's, it's a yeah. good deal, and then we're going to take all your money. So, you know, to these novice invent- investors. Um, and so it's really coming to a point where we need to understand, like, what does the CPI mean? What is this? What yeah. it... What it, when when uh, Chairman Powell, I want to say Colin Powell, when no, Chairman Jerome. Jerome Powell, sorry. Right. Anyways, um, when Jerome Powell speaks, what does this mean to investors and what traps do I need to look out for as a as a novice investor? Right. And well, and, and somebody that would be trained in, in trading would have recognized it for what it was. I mean, it was an off, it was a very obvious Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means it goes straight up and then straight back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't enough volume to think that it was it was uh, the whole market that was moving that way. It was it was a small uh, volume move. So, um, you know the the point though is is that and this is what I wanted to get to last year that worked very well. Mm-hmm. Right in 2022, uh, doing that bull trap worked almost every single time. We mm-hmm. saw it multiple times. Here in 2023. It stopped working to a large degree. I think people have been have been losing. They, they've been losing been enough that out. they're not falling for it uh, quite as, as much. much. Or so, like you could be like my friends or whatever. Like that's it. I'm not trading anymore. This, right. This is this is totally against me. Yeah. Yeah. I've lost enough, and now I've got to spend my money in other places mm-hmm. because inflation sucks. Right. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I want to I want to finish with this. Last year, mm-hmm. when they would do these bull traps, it would be a bull trap that would last one or two days before it would drop back down. Mm-hmm. So they would raise it up to a level and it would stay there and they'd be trading at that level and they'd be taking profit, taking profit, taking profit and all of a sudden it would they drop go, back down. Whoosh, yeah. And just like drop it. Yeah. yeah, and so it was working really well. What we saw today was an obvious Eiffel Tower. It spiked up on low volume but then dropped right back down and went more or less down sideways for the day uh, depending on which market you were in. NASDAQ actually fared the best. Yeah, NASDAQ looked really good. And I was, I was like, what? And well, then I thought, well, it's, that has really nothing to do. Well, <laughs> but remember, That's the NASDAQ is probably going to look really good because it's such a large part the Apple is such a large part of mm, the NASDAQ. Yeah, that's true. Um, by, by weight. Now, it yeah. is also in the S&P, but the S&P has 
um, you know, has a larger draw of, of other yeah, companies. The S&P was a great, you know, it looked good. Like yeah. you could, you could have used it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the S&P, um, didn't, didn't show quite what the NASDAQ did. And so NASDAQ was still up where the S&P and the, and the Dow were down mm-hmm. and reacting appropriately well, the to S&P inflation. ended on a, you know, in the green. It, it did in the, the green, mm-hmm. right? It it went down, dipped dipped uh, below uh, starting for the day, and mm-hmm. then and then ran back up. But we should note that the actual start of the move was from some professionals, and you could tell that because it started in the futures, the after hours, hours market, market, which is in the futures market, mm. right? And that's when it was that's when it was spiking up, and so it started the day much higher than it ended. That's true, right? But it but it did end today. The S and P and and the um, and the NASDAQ higher than yesterday's close, which is why it was showing green. Okay. Right. Um, but the trend on the day was more or less down. Yeah. Uh, so if you weren't in with the professionals in the futures market, then you kind of really missed the move. You yeah. you just took the downside. If, if you didn't see it happening and you're like, oh, okay, you know. Yep. Then you lost. Yep. At any rate, so what is the CPI? Well, so the the CPI, the current uh, the consumer price index, came out today. It was kind of good news and bad news mm-hmm. for both the pocketbook and the market, right? Right. All right. So uh, this morning, the the CPI, the the inflation rate, month over month, was up four tenths of a percent over last month. <laughs> so right? you're saying what you're saying is the consumer price index inflation. Mm-hmm was up after month over month month over month yes yes yeah but it's down well yeah so it was a surprise to the upside there indicating that inflation has not really slowed however Mm -hmm. there are two other readings right because there's the consumer price index month over month and then there's There's year year over year year. and then there's the core cpi where they strip out food and energy and things that they don't really want anybody to look at because Because they're always up (laughs) because they're volatile and so like if it looks really bad and you don't want anybody to know you're like let's just give them the core one that's right so year (laughs) over year it was one tenth of a percent down okay and and that's what the news was proclaiming as 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 inflation is down down. yeah right now that don't be fooled by that right okay because the core cpi was up the month-over-month month CPI was up. Right. And here's the way that we really need to look at it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because because what we need to understand, especially from our wallets, yeah. right? Let's talk about the pocketbook first, and then well, we'll talk about the markets. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say something about, like, just like my markets that I go to as a mother <laughs> and as a wife <laughs> and, and the pumps that I go to where I'm like, um, inflation's up. It's definitely up. Yeah. But that's not part of core CPI. <laughs> no, that is not no. Car- part of core CPI. Like, like they may have dropped. So I look at core CPI as like the milk in Walmart, right? <laughs> so when inflation went up, Walmart's milk prices went up. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not buying milk for that price. I'm going over to Aldi's because it's cheaper and I can get it closer to $2. And then and you when you weren't the, the only one. And everybody. I obviously I wasn't yeah. the only one. And then, you know. Then um, within six months, milk went back down to two dollars at Walmart, and I was like, "Okay, I'll be buying milk here because now it's cheaper than it was at all these." Yeah, know? Walmart, like the other, um, like the other stores, have figured out that people judge prices based on 
things like milk, milk, right? And, yeah. Milk and, and a couple of other products. And, and then the other prices that fluctuate a little bit more often. Yeah. You know, so milk and cereal, don't raise the prices there. Well, but the, other things. Cereal still cereal, up. Cereal, cereal's Bread's up. up yeah. Meat's up. My eggs are up. And everybody knows about <laughs> well, the eggs, egg yeah, thing. Like a month ago, everybody's like, what? There's and then gas prices are up and I'm all, oh my gosh, like, this is great. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I had to go to an area where I thought, oh, I'll get gas out here because it's going to be cheaper. And, you know, obviously the first gas station you get off of the highway, it's never cheaper. No. And then I, I, I went further back down and I was all, this is not cheaper. This is really <laughs> bad. And I haven't been looking at like gas prices for a while. So, you know, I was like, oh. Okay, I, I need to be a little bit more cognizant. Maybe get that app that's like, this is the cheapest that's right. gas that's right. in the area. Yeah, Trina's been stealing my electric vehicle more often. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I wait for him to come home and I'm all, I got, I got errands. You know, my kids don't even see me when they get home from school because I'm all, I, I'm not spending that We're keeping that the gas. budget, baby. We're keeping the budget, you know. So, it was, so, yeah, so I feel like the core is just a bunch of crap. So Well, the core doesn't reflect what your wallet feels, right? Right. It really isn't. Yeah. Um, but I think that what we should really be clear about with inflation is is that even though it looks like it's going down, to many people that would that would seem to indicate that, oh, okay, prices are going to come down. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not what it means. No. What it means is, is that prices are 4.9%, 93% higher right now than they were last year this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if we're adding it all together, and, and no, I mean, no, that's I think, a, that, I that's think that's, a that's lot. the month over month. Yeah. So if we're adding it all together, we had the 4.93% now. Mm-hmm. Last year, uh, it was 8%, right? The final inflation numbers were 8%. Yeah, because like they had spiked it really high. Oh, yeah. It's, and, then, it's and everybody really felt it. Yep. And then, then they kind of like, yeah, in 20- then they slowly started raising it more, right? Right. right. So now, now you're seeing it's like almost to 12%. Well, actually, no, okay. because in 2021, it was 5%. So we're actually 16% higher oh. than we were just two and a half years ago. And so now when you guys hear these things in the yeah. news, you're like, it doesn't make any sense because my wallet's saying it's way more. Now, you know, right. because they're just taking it like incrementally, like, well, now it's only 4%. And it's well, like, it's not 4%. It's 4% than it was um, a month ago. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. And and that that's not really counting... I mean, that's an average of everything. But remember, most people spend the majority of their budget on things like, well, housing, which has gone up, but also food and fuel. Mm -hmm. And so these are taking a larger bite out of the out of the wallet than just 16 percent. Right. They're up more, you know, they're up closer to to 20, 25 percent. So what does this mean? The markets? Well, okay. so for the markets and. Well, let me let me continue with the wallet for just a minute. I'm right? so sorry. Okay. No, no, that's that's okay. I do want to get to to the wallet or to the to the markets, but the wallet ultimately the wallet predicts what's going to happen in the markets eventually. And so I, right, and so I want to be clear about about what's happening in the wallet so that we understand what's happening right now in the markets and what's likely to happen in the future mm-hmm. in the markets mm-hmm. because when it comes down to it, people pulling dollars out of their wallets and giving it to some business is what is eventually going to be reflected in the business uh, in the business bottom line, which then reflects into the stock prices. Yeah, because right. like I'm getting deals from restaurants where they're like, "Hey, this much off, this much off," and they're coming in more and more. Yeah, they're being more aggressive. More aggressive, like you know, when you're a part of this group or whatever. And and I'm thinking, oh, people aren't going out to eat as much, or people aren't. Um, they're just not spending as much at the stores. 
Well, right. In certain parts, in, in certain, certain stores, areas, in mm-hmm. certain stores. Right. So the necessities, mm-hmm. people are still buying as much as they ever did. Yeah. They're just paying the extra price. But, Maybe a little more but stocking But that money up. has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so what part of the budget does it come from? And what we're seeing in the reports that we're getting in, and this is something that we've been, you know, we, talking we, about we said, for a while. Yeah, it, this is going to happen. Uh, we talked about it, I don't know, for a year and a half now, yeah. that this was eventually going to happen. And now we're seeing it in the reports, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but people are spending less on non-essentials, right? So clothing retailers are taking a hit. Yes. Their, their bottom line is way down. Yeah. Um, men's underwear, especially. Yeah. Men don't buy underwear when, <laughs> when things are tight. Please. Women do. Still so. buy your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Men just wear the holy underwear. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're like, it's not worn out enough. There's not a hole yet. Yeah. So I'll just keep So it's a little it. yellow. Yep. Oh, stop. Just stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, <laughs> Uh, All right. Anyway, yours is not, and I want to make that very clear. <laughs> anyway, well, I hope not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, oh, jewelry, jewelry is down. Um, yeah. Travel it has been down, although they're predicting a revenge travel summer. Well, I think people are under stress, so out. we'll find out. Like yeah. people are like, "Oh, I'm going. I, I yeah. got here." But maybe it'll be more like COVID travel. Where it might be muted. Who knows? Yeah, it might be more like, let's go to the national parks and stuff instead. Yep. Electronics are way down, right? Okay. Entertainment is getting hit a little bit, but more specifically in... In the uh, those industries where they have Streaming subscription service, model services type stuff, right? So yeah. because the subscriptions are down, okay. and so we've we've been seeing, or at least their growth rate is down. Okay, their growth that. rate is down at this point. People yeah. are like, I don't need any more streaming services. Well, yeah, we still have people cutting the cable and going towards streaming. It's just not as uh, the, the rate isn't as high. Okay, right, the growth rate isn't as high. Okay, all right, and and this is a little bit of a shock to Netflix because they expected when they you know, just said, hey, you can't share passwords anymore, then there would be a huge spike and there just wasn't, right? Yeah, because the people who were sharing the passwords were like, I don't got enough money to pay the Netflix yeah. subscription and my brother's got enough, so I'll just borrow his. It's not a big <laughs> deal, right? Well, hey. Yeah. And my dad, you know, yeah. I'll borrow his. Yeah, I didn't like it enough to buy it on my own, so you, okay, yeah. the password's going away. Who cares, right? Who cares? I, I can live without it. Yeah. <laughs> Those shows aren't that important. We're going to find out if they are later. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so yeah, in short, most people are in a position where they must either sacrifice their standard of living to accommodate the new price reality, that 18% difference, right? right? Um, 16. Didn't you say 16? Yeah, 16 to 18. I, oh, it's, it, oh it, it, now I really want to go range. through it. I know, but, um, <laughs> but 16% in the overall closer to 25% and so they give it a, they give it a little bit of a wiggle room range oh, and if dear. you calculate with all of the little percentage points it actually is coming closer to 18 okay but 16 if you're just doing whole numbers okay so how about that anyway um, yeah in short people are sacrificing their standard of living of living to accommodate the new price reality or they're they're trying to make more money mm-hmm. right and, and and by that, they first go into debt, <laughs> right? Pull out the credit card. But as the credit card gets full, now they have to pay back the credit card. Well, and interest rates on credit cards are going up. And so people yes, are like, holy are. crap, I can't afford the interest rates. And so I, I got to stop using the credit card. And so now it's like, okay, 
I got paid down that credit card. Yeah, well, and because of the financial literacy here in the United States, sometimes we don't think about it. But if you're paying 18%, I mean, think about that. You're paying 18% on a credit card. That's 18%, 18% that you're more. losing out yeah. of your paycheck every two well, weeks or month or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what investment, which of you investors wouldn't love to have an 18% investment, right? Yeah. I mean, the credit card companies love oh, yeah. it. They're like, that's a good investment for think, them. Yeah. That's a great investment least, for, but not for you. As long you. as people pay. Yeah. As long as people pay. But, but people have not been paying oh, as much lately. There's a okay. lot more defaults than there were. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the choices that people have are that they either need to make more money by getting a raise at work or find added sources of income or sacrifice their standard of living. Nobody right. wants to sacrifice their standard of living. And if we keep having this inflation rate, it gets to the point where, well, you, there's only so many sacrifices you're willing to make. And right? now you have to yeah. sacrifice the standard. Just of bought a new house, can't sell it now because the housing market has dropped. I'm stuck paying that. So there's only so much I can eliminate out of my budget before I start starving. I either make more money or I declare bankruptcy. Right. right. And so now people are looking for side jobs. Right, um, right, right. And, and so this like is that. this is the 70s all over again. Right. Yeah, and that's what I've been feeling a lot. Like, I'm like, okay. I'm well, watching people. I'm watching yeah. people that I know, you know. You were young during the 70s. I was a baby. Yeah. So I don't know if you really felt it, but... Yeah, <laughs> at least from the history books, this is the well, '70s again. Okay, let me let me let me let me do let me say this. My mom talked about um, buying a house mm-hmm. and how it was really hard to buy a house, and how they had bought their first house right before I was born, and then they were and that and it was like a miracle that they got that house, you right. know. And I never understood what she was talking about, mm-hmm. right? And then. And then they and then they moved to D.C. where the houses were like triple the prices, right? Because my dad was in the military, you know, and and then like they were able to find the cheapest house in this neighborhood that was like in BFE, and, yeah, and it was a fixer upper, <laughs> right? And it was like in BFE, like outside of D.C. And my dad had to drive like, like forty five minutes on a good day, right? And so she was talking about this and like how the interest rates were crazy. And then as I got older. Older, she would talk about oh my gosh the interest rates went down we got to refinance and I was like I don't understand what you're talking about and she's like nobody understands economics anymore nobody's taking those classes right and I was like I don't know um and so I just remembered those things and yeah. so that's why I'm like yeah I feel like it is a 70 and then they would talk about gas prices you remember it was a quarter <laughs> you know and and actually today when mm-hmm. I was at the gas pump and it was mm-hmm. 4.99 nine you know because that like that like little hundreds of 99.999 yeah like when i was there and because they're fooling us with that <laughs> yeah they were fooling us i was like one thousandth of a penny <laughs> yeah. and i was sitting there going i remember when gas was a dollar <laughs> and i would like and i could go and fill it up you know you know go and get five dollars into right. my my tank and i was good to go to have a great party and stuff and all of a sudden it hit me i'm like oh that's what my parents talked about then in the yeah. 70s and the 80s and because that's what's happening now. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so the choices that people have are either to sacrifice yeah. that standard of living or go and get a job. Now, here's the problem, right? right? If they get a wage increase, mm-hmm. right? So they go to their boss, hey, I, I, I just need more money. So give me a raise. And the boss... It's going to just keep the problem going. Well, it is because because if the boss gives a... a you know, um, if they give everybody a raise, well then, where do they get that money? 
And so all they can do is we have to bring in more money in order to pay all of the wage increase. So they raise their prices and so so inflation starts again. And so they, they, they raise their prices and whether that's services or retail, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And because everybody's doing it, the manufacturers are, have wage increase. Yeah. Um, the retailers have wage increase. Everybody right. all the way down the line has wage increase. And that's going to keep fluffing up this inflation. That's the problem that we had in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Inflation is really hard to get rid of once it starts hitting the wages. Right. All right. Now, when the jobs start disappearing, right now we have more uh, jobs available than people willing to work. Now, that's decreased quite a bit if you've been watching the reports, okay. right? It, it's getting back down to parity. Once okay. it goes negative, l- fewer jobs than people willing to work. Then people say, when, I'll work for less or... Well, yes. All of the sudden, the bosses are saying, well, I don't have to worry about you going away because there aren't jobs oh, out there. I see. I'm not giving you a, a pay raise. Uh, another raise. Right. Now, this is something that if you're listening to Jerome Powell, he's been talking about quite a bit. Yeah, and he's, everybody thinks he's going to stop raising it. Like I was talking to someone the other week, yeah. and they're like, oh, he's going to stop raising the interest rate. I'm like, mm, <laughs> no, I yeah, don't think so. Everybody but thinks just, that he's talking in code, right? Yeah. He hasn't been talking in code. No, he's been very clear. Yeah, every time he says, no, we still have more uh, rates raises to go. He goes ahead and raises the rates. But I really feel like when I look at the markets, they're saying, okay, Jerome Powell has been very, very clear about this. He's going to keep raising the rates. Well, And so like, I feel like when they're, the markets, they're going, we're going to start going on a downward trend, but we're going to sideways it down. Yeah. And so you can ride that sideways if you understand. Well, and one well of the at least problems... that's what I'm seeing in the markets when I look at it. I'm like, oh, it's sidewaysing a little bit down. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still some things that are up and it looks great like it's sidewaysing up. But I don't, I feel like it's, it's, they're trying to slowly bring it down. Okay. So if you look at my podcast, I think Mm -hmm. four podcasts ago. Okay. Right. um, The title was something about, is the market making sense? Is the market rational? Yeah. Well, it's not. And it hasn't (laughs) been for a long time. But it's not, I guess I was saying that I meant the market makers. Yes. Because they understand what Jerome Powell's doing. Yes, the market makers are being very cautious and they're not putting a lot of risk out there. But mm-hmm. because the average Joe, all right, people that especially that aren't as old as me, mm-hmm. um, have been caught in a trap. Yeah. So if you didn't start trading or investing until the early 2000s, or well, until maybe 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. right, then your expectation is that the Federal Reserve is always going to prop up the market because they they have. Ever since 2009, if the market started to sneeze... That was it. Yeah, they, they printed money and, money and made sure it was going yeah. to keep going up. Yeah. Right? And they kept that up. It was called the Fed put. Mm-hmm. The, it started out as the Bernanke put, and then it transferred to the Jerome Powell put. But Jerome Powell has been very clear lately that he is not propping up the market. We are returning to our old ways because... Propping up the market just means inflation. So do you mean like old ways like in the 90s? Or well, do you yeah, mean anytime like before 2009, 2009, when you okay. saw the bear market come, it would it would be a bear market for a little while. Okay. All right. It didn't go down and bounce right back up. And it has, ever since 2009, it, it's gone down, bounced right back up. Yeah. I mean, you'd be out of it in no time, right? It's true. So 2020, yeah. 2015, uh, 2018, we had a, a 10% drop and it bounced right back up. Yeah. Uh, because the Fed uh, put it in. Yeah. Um, and lately, it hasn't. And what he's saying is, we're no longer propping this up. We need it down in order to control inflation. We're going to let it drop. All right. Now, back then, mm-hmm. so let, let's just go through this. All right. We, we had a bull market up until 2000. Mm-hmm. The next time 
that the market got above the levels of 2000 was 2013. So that was 13 years where the market just went nothing but sideways. Sideways. I know it looked like it was back up from 2003 to 2007, but we didn't get above our 2000 range. And then it went right back down and it Mm -hmm. took a couple of years to come back up, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Just four years to reach those levels again after dropping below the 1995 levels, for heaven's sakes. Oh, man, that was... (laughs) Okay. So so there's been periods where the market has just done nothing for a long time. It's been down for a long time uh, when you're looking at the you know, at the high, the last high that was set. And so this like is another the, one of those periods, most likely. If the, if the Fed's not going to save it, this is going to be another protracted long down. Okay. And so I guess like if, if, if the market makers are, um, are carefully taking it down, like, I don't know if they're carefully taking well, it down, but they're trying to make moves where, hey, I'm going to take all your money, but I'm also yeah. going to bring it down and make it sideways. Then it's important to understand what, how to trade in a sideways market. Like options yes. would be a good choice. No, it, it really would. You're you're exactly right. And and of course, you've been well trained for that. <laughs> All right. Um, but for you value investors out there, I think it's important to note that um, that the market makers no longer look at value. Mm-hmm. The market makers don't care about the value. They haven't for a long time. Look at the PE ratios, for heaven's sakes. They don't care. All right. All they everybody's care about, in, a, in a bad place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's in a bad place. But uh, But all the market makers care about is is what you know what levels people are willing to buy at and what people what levels willing people are willing, willing to, to sell, sell at, at. Mm-hmm. and so they're going to drive them down into the deepest sell period they can by scaring them if they can when they want to buy and then they're going but they're only going to do that in this market when they're absolutely certain that they're going to be able to drive it back up to higher levels so they're right? not trying to make super panic. They're just trying to get people to be like, oh man, I got to get out of this. Right. Because yeah, I yeah, still yeah. got to have some money to trade. Yeah. In these sideways periods, what you see is is that they just straight range everything. All right. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at crude, it ranged for three months. It just mm-hmm. went back and forth between low and high. Bouncing right? a, back low and of, up. a low of 63, a high of 72. Mm-hmm. And it just ranged. Bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a new range now, mm-hmm. but it's still ranging. Yeah. And most things kind of are doing that, and especially things that are that are highly traded. And what's happening is the market makers have just picked their low and high, and they're letting it work out. All right, this is the low, this is the high. We're going to, you know, if we need to tell everybody that Saudi Arabia is, is cutting off their supply, look, that was no surprise. They told everybody last October that they were going to do that in one year, right? When they made the yeah. agreement with President Biden to increase their output because Russia was being cut off. They said, all right, we're only going to do this for a year, though. And so when it came, it was no surprise to anybody except the novices. But well, it's it was no surprise to well. anybody who has been trading oil and understands what is going on with oil. I mean, like, you know, when I talk to students who um, students or teachers who trade and they trade yeah. like just like they just trade in one commodity or they just trade right. with like a couple of things like when they know oil, they know oil. They watch what 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 they're saying like the Saudis what Russia says and stuff and then they make their decisions on that and so I I feel like so if if you're gonna trade something you better know everything about that something like if you're gonna trade oil you better understand when the Saudis say we're not gonna pump anymore in a year then you gotta understand okay in one there's, year, in one year, there's going to be some volatility, and I need to be prepared for that. And so, usually, when they say we're not going to pump out more oil, 
oil prices are going to go up because yeah. we have less. Well, not only that, but you know, in any one of these moves, there's those there's the public announcement and then the pre-announcement. Right. You always can see the pre-announcement if you know what's. And what you to can look see it for. in the markets because these right. guys, like, they don't know, but they know. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> well, I'm no, doing air quotes. The decision makers. Remember, they know. They're like, yeah. I'm going to make my money now. Yeah, especially outside <laughs> of the country. Um, insider trading isn't really a thing. The Saudi princes don't care. And so if they need to offload some stocks before the announcement comes off, or if they need to offload some of their contracts before the announcements come out, yeah, they'll do it. They'll do it. They'll be like, here you go. Yeah. And then they'll let it drop and they'll buy it right back at, at low prices. Um, and then they'll make the money back. I yeah. mean, like this is... They don't care. Yeah. And that's the market makers for the crude. Yeah. So understanding what you're doing is going to make you much more efficient. And so it's it's good to be concentrated in just a couple of, of things if you're trading. Right? Yeah, it is. It's really yeah. important. Okay. Jeez, I'm such a conspiracy theorist. I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> but I got some conspiracy theories, you know. And anyways, but not like super huge, you guys. Yeah. And you probably, anyways. Okay. But. Now, what that means for the markets, right? <laughs> I want to go sidetrack. Yeah, what that means for the markets. That uh-huh. When we see inflation, inflation right. on it in normal time, right? Mm-hmm. When when inflation is only at 2% a year, yeah. yes, things are getting more expensive at a rate of 2% every year. Every year. But that doesn't scare the market and it doesn't hamper people because wages increase at about 2% a year anyway. Yeah. Right? Um, on average. Between 1% and 2% right. usually. And yeah. so inflation is only a problem in the markets when wage growth is smaller than normal infl- or than the inflation growth. Yeah. So if you're saying, hey, we've had an 18% mm-hmm. growth of inflation over one year, two, two years, and two and a half years, yeah. and people have only gotten wage increases. About five to 7%. Five to 7%. Well, because like I know last year yeah. because of inflation, I was working um, and they, and I had just started with this company and they were like, hey, we're going to increase your paycheck. Yeah. By, She's a nurse, by the way, uh, yeah. by, by profession. Yeah, by like 4 to 5%. And I was like, but I've only been here for a month. They're like, well, we're doing across the board. Lucky you, you now. Because right. they're like, we want to help with inflation. And I was laughing. Like, I was like grateful. I was like, that's sweet, man, right? <laughs> but I was like, but if you did like, I don't know, 10%, that probably would help a little bit more. But they can't do that, you know? <laughs> you know what no, I mean? So, so, so they like, raised you 4%, but... Yeah. But in truth, you were 14% worse off okay. over, over the last th- two and a half years, yeah. right? Yeah, because like it was yeah. going to eventually get up to that 18% right. and yeah. stuff. So. Yep. All right. So when that happens, people tend to pull back on their money and that's what affects the markets, all right? Mm-hmm. That that pullback is eventually felt in the bottom line and and that hurts the stock price because right. when people see, oh, you're not... You're not growing as fast as you were, or you're losing money. I better not put my money with you, something like that. Now, mm-hmm. we haven't seen as dramatic as it should be lately because, again, we're dealing, you know, the market makers don't care. The market makers are there saying, okay, who's willing to buy it where? And well, so they'll, and that's they'll, true. They'll let, it, they'll let it float. They don't care. But for those people that do know what they're doing, they start selling it off. You do see that dip. You do see it. And for in the, the that- future don't know what they're doing they do sell right. it off and that dip yeah. the people who know what they're doing are just following the market makers they're just like oh i see where they're going and they're they're picking their well and that's because it's the only sanity there is in the market right you know everything else is emotion yeah everything right. else is emotion <laughs> and you gotta understand sometimes <laughs> yeah 
but the drop, the real drop in this case is probably going to come when we start seeing the failures and it starts hitting pocketbooks. And failures will come, okay? If people aren't spending as much at TJ Maxx as they used to, and TJ Maxx has a whole bunch of stores open and a lot of overhead, and all of a sudden they can't pay their bills, then they go through a bankruptcy and that wipes out their stock. You get enough of those and it starts... It starts then scaring it really people, start. and that's when you see the real contraction. And then the market makers are like, well, I made my money, and let's just let it go. Oh, yeah. The market makers are a step ahead. They're saying, oh, that, that one is That, that one's, one's about bad to go. Off. Let's just get rid let's of our stock it. there. And you see that with Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Like, they were great going into COVID. Like, they're... They, right. their, their PE ratios, everything was looking really, really good and, and stuff. And then at the end of well, all this... it became a meme stock as soon as the market yeah. makers left, right? Yeah. The market makers pulled out and you saw a definite fall off. And then you saw the retail people, know-nothings, get into it. And the meme people who understand how things work did an... It's an illegal move to do this, mm-hmm. right? But all to they say, have to do is go out on social media and say, hey, Bed Bath & Beyond is going to just blow up. And all of a sudden, you know, they bought it low. And all of a sudden, yeah, a whole bunch of retail folks, know-nothing folks go and jump on that. And the early ones get a little bit of a jump out of it. But the late ones mm-hmm. that are buying they it, lose. yeah, way high, they lose. All right. Now, that's what the Wolf of Wall Street went to prison for. And we have had some people go to prison for these meme stocks. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was the meme stock. It, the, the, the market makers pulled out before the memes got in. Yeah. They're creating foment. Right. Anyway, so yeah, money gets tight. And here's, here's what I'm expecting to happen, okay? Money gets tight, and this is, where you, you, this is what separates the men from the boys, the women from the girls okay. when it comes down to it, okay? Thank you for including that. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm all about inclusion. You're a rock yeah. star. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're here, right? Yeah. When money gets tight, you've got, you've got the two types. Generally, the average person becomes very reactionary, yeah. all right? And what that means is they start cuts, they, they cut spending, Mm-hmm. They look for non-skilled uh, side gigs, and they mm-hmm. go into debt. Oh, all right. Now they they have to pad their wallet, but yeah. So, so they go into debt with their credit cards. They now they have to support themselves with side gigs because their costs mm-hmm. are simply too high, mm-hmm. right? And that's the average thing to do. But they are competing with everyone else out there because almost everybody else is a reactionary with them. They're reacting to the situation. Then you have the other set of people, and these are purpose driven people. Okay. Now the purpose driven people, they find a way to make assets pay more. Okay. All right. Instead of working harder, they make their assets pay off. Right. They spend more money on assets that grow. Mm -hmm. And, and by the way, when I'm talking about this, you know, that might include, all right, now, um, I need to make my assets, uh, grow more. And if I don't want to get rid of it, I can do things like covered calls because covered calls are beautiful when the stock is going sideways or down. Right. Right. And that adds, you know, a couple percent that adds, I don't know. Uh, and you can trade both sides. You can trade both sides. That's right. On the options. But, but it, it, it adds to the asset and that's the point. Right. All right. Um, or they spend money on self-improvement in areas that will pay off. So increased skills. Yeah, increasing right? their skills with education in, and yep. things like that. Become more valuable so that they are more valuable to their employer and the employer moves them up. Instead of a wage increase, they get a promotion into a whole new job, right? So it, it's it's becoming more valuable for themselves. And you mentioned education. And yes, we are in the education field. And so there's going to be those that are purpose-driven, that right. decide, you know what, 
I can do it in the market and I need to do it in the market because I'm not going to go and get a side job and they're going to improve themselves well, that through financial their, education. Their side job. And that becomes their side gig, right? Yeah. Yes, but they've improved themselves in order mm-hmm. to do that. Right. That's the point. All right. Um, so when the market drops, again, the reactionaries, what they're going to do is hunker down because that's what they've been told to do. They oh. hold on, hunker down, wait for things to get better. Do nothing except hope for it to get better. Right. Okay. And, you know, I have a great example of that. And I know I've talked about it before. There was this nurse and she was an incredible nurse that I worked with. Mm -hmm. And it was early in my career. And um, it was during 2000s when the market dropped. Uh And she goes, oh, my gosh, I have to work another 10 years. And she was looking at retirement in the next five years. And she wasn't like the nicest lady. But (laughs) but she was a great nurse. Like, if you wanted her, she'd be great. And she's like, she was really upset about it and stuff. And I didn't understand 401ks, but she had just looked at her 401k and it had just gone like to half and she was so upset and I just thought 401ks are always the last thing to recover by the way yeah and so I I was like I wish I would have understood more about how 401ks worked and and what they did and I remember like after like you were really into um you know, joining OTA and, mm-hmm. and running this company. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I've seen people just suffer and stuff, but, but every time I would go to, and when I would work for another company or come back to my company that I would, that I, that I worked for before, you know, cause I took breaks with kids and things like that. And, and my husband was in the military. And so it was, it was well, kind of hard to keep your license and I had to keep my license yeah. up and things like that. And so every time I take a break and I go back in, I try to talk to the, to the representatives for the 401k who came from the brokerage houses. They'd be like, they wouldn't really tell me because like, what should I invest in if I'm looking for long-term gains? Like that would be the safest thing or what, what should I do? And they were like, well, you just have to figure it out for yourself was basically what they were saying. <laughs> like, but if you look at our graph, you'll be a millionaire by the time you're 65. Right. And I was like, okay, but how do I do that? I don't understand how this you is going the, to happen and yeah. stuff. Right. And so then, so one day I came into Aaron's preview, like he was, he was teaching, um, some of the people in our, he, he was just showing them the preview that he offers the free preview. And he put up some stuff on the Excel spreadsheet and he was like, okay, this is what you could do. And this is da, da, da. And he explained everything. He explained the 401, 401k fees. And then he was like, and if you invest, this is, this is what you could do if you understand the market timing and things like that. And all of a sudden I went, oh, I understand it. Oh my gosh, it's been like 20 years and I totally didn't get, because he'd bring it's, up investing. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I had a bad experience, you know, yeah. investing well, it's, on it's my own. Well, it's not as complicated as everybody thinks. Yeah. And so like, I just, I, I, I really, like if I was going to encourage someone, I'd be like, come and take the preview. Even if you don't even come, yeah. even if you don't decide to take education classes with us, come to the preview. So at least you understand your 401k better and the powers behind it and stuff and so i mean so you, you could be like this woman who's like i gotta work 10 more years yeah isn't that just heartbreaking and yeah it, w- it was really heartbreaking yeah. and i was like well i don't want to work with you Do you know so. what the average 401k <laughs> at great. 65 is is it like two hundred forty thousand? Two hundred sixty-five thousand. and so is the are these people who have invested at 21 and because i can't imagine that being well, that way and maybe because of all the market drops that have happened yes that's what's cutting them out because they lost half of their income and and then it takes even longer to go back up so the funny thing is is that they'll give you graphs based Uh on their average year over year right Mm -hmm. and so on average year over year we're doing six percent and therefore if you do this much every year 
or this much every month and you get matched, then it's going to add up to millions of dollars by the, or a million dollars by the time you retire. You're going to be a million. But it's not taking in the losses that put you behind. Yeah. Well, not only that, but if you look at, at, at how a year over year works, right? Mm-hmm. So, so let's look at b- the years between 2000 and 2003. Okay. There was a 50% loss in between 2000 and 2003. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. All right. With a 50% loss, in order to get back up to the same level, mm-hmm. you have to double your money. So if you half your money, you have to double it to get back up to the to where you were, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's 100% gain. And so in between 2003 and 2007, there was 100% return in the markets up to the top of the market for the 2007-2008. Um, and... and and, but it just got up to the same place where you were by 2007 before dropping back off. The thing is, is that if you look at that mathematically, then an, a year-over-year average would suggest that you have a 50% loss followed by a 100% gain. Add those two together, you still come up with 50. Divide by two, and you've got 25. So you've, it looks like you've had a 25% growth over those seven years. Absolutely false. Okay. okay. And so when they say 6% year over year, they're doing this year over year, but that, that only works if you're not taking any of the losses, any of the drops. It doesn't actually work out over the long term. Okay. And so, yeah, they're always going to miss that million dollars. And that's exactly what's happening with the 401ks. And I think what really makes me mad is when I see like, like all the fees are taken out of. Right. And I'm not, seriously, you guys are taking like half of what these people are making <laughs> instead of just like 1%. It's yes. really a lot more that they're taking yes. out. But it looks so good on paper and you don't have to do it. You can let somebody else That's do it for, for you, you. Right. Which so, sounds like a great idea. A great idea. it doesn't work. And anyway. Then, yeah. But I mean, well, I mean like, and if that's what people want to do, then that's your choice. You know, mm-hmm. that's your choice. And if that's what, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you feel good about. Yeah. Then all right, I support you in that. Yeah. Anyway, so the reactionaries during market drop are going to hold on, hunker down, wait for things to get better, and simply smoke some hopium that it, it really will get better. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, the purpose-driven people are going to switch assets that fit the times. Right. Okay. You're hearing about dividend stocks, which fare better during market downturns. And yeah, do you know when the, the best time to get into a dividend stock is? Before the downturn? The bottom of the market. No, it's at the very bottom of the market. Okay. All right. Because the dividend itself doesn't change, but the price that you pay for the stock changes. And Uh, so your percentage is always much higher. And especially mm -hmm. if you think that it's also going to recover. Recover. Because then you get the growth and the dividend. Mm -hmm. But you have to know where to find the bottom. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the thing is, is that is that I know that this sounds like timing the market because it is. Mm -hmm. All right. But don't think that that's a bad thing. Warren Buffett, Mr. My Favorite Holding Period is Forever. Yeah. is sitting on $88 billion worth of cash right now. Like you can actually see that in his accounts. Yes. He sold everything <laughs> off. He's, like, he's waiting I'm, for something. And he's like, I'm going to be patient. And yes. I've trained all my traders. And what he's waiting for is the market to go lower. Yeah. He's going to get it the best deal he thinks that he can get. And he's willing to wait a couple of years if he has to in order to get it at the very best price. So you've got time in the market that mm-hmm. counts. But nothing beats timing of the market. Right. If you want to learn timing of the market... My advice is don't be reactionary. Yeah. Okay. Come and learn how to look at things, how to do things the professional way. Because there are tools that you can use that you'll never have any other professional use in your behalf. Right. All right. And what you don't know hurts you. So come into one of our classes. All right. We've got online classes and we've got in-person classes. Go to uh, www.tradingacademy.com and find a class near you. 
All right. If you're in the Phoenix area, you can give us a call or text us. All right. Call 8448-TRADER. That's 844-887-2337. Or text, text the, I don't know, text the word income to 25029. That's income to 25029. And we'll get you into a class. Okay. Now, also, if you're in the Phoenix area, and by the way, we have two classes, free class and then a three-day class. Now, the free class, that's the one that Trina was talking about, Mm -hmm. and that's for people who think that they might want to get involved, think that it might be worth their time to either pick up some nuggets about how things really work, right? Raising financial uh, intelligence, Mm -hmm. and that's what the class is built for, and that's why it's free. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, We will show show how to trade, at least the basics of how Mm -hmm. to trade and trade um, you know, risk managed type trades but and it's how th- to invest well. But it's a three hour class. So it's not like you're going to go We're out there and be like, big, oh my gosh, yeah, I can trade detail. now because the, that's <laughs> yeah, don't not think what that you are going to walk out a trader. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. All right. This is a, this is this a basic is just class. Opening up your mind. Yep. But I've had brokers attend and then they've walked out saying, wow, that, that's how it works. Yeah. And right. maybe that's why they couldn't answer my questions when I went to like, <laughs> when I went to talk to them about my 401k. What do yeah, you mean? Yeah. Well, so the dirty secret know. is that most brokers are trained what not to say instead of, you know, what, what to, say to say or how to trade. Yeah. Um, at any rate, uh, we've got that or we have a three-day class. And this is for people that might already be trading, understand a little bit more, but they're ready to really get involved or do better. Mm-hmm. Right. They were doing they were doing well when the market was going up. Now they're not doing so well and they need to get back on track. They need to learn how to trade in a down market or a sideways market. Yeah. That's what this class is for. All right. And we talk about how to, you know, what's going on in the stocks, options, futures, forex, cryptos, um, wealth, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. All right. It's three days, eight hours a day. Um, and if you uh, text dollar sign nine nine, that's the subject line, dollar sign nine nine to the number two five zero two nine that's two five zero two nine um then you can get into one of those classes at least in the phoenix area those three-day classes for just 99 dollars. it's usually typically 299 dollars, but yeah. podcast special 99 bucks okay so uh hope you've enjoyed this session i know that i did and trina thank you for coming on yeah no problem and hope to see everybody next week My please pleasure. follow us or subscribe to the, the podcast i guess that's what you do <laughs> All right, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.